everyone. Welcome back to Launch Codes Football. My name is Chris. And I'm Chelsea. How's it rolling, dude? It is going good. It has been, what, three months? I guess we have to discuss that part, you know? Yeah, it's been a hot second. What happened? You know, just, I think just life happened. And also, you know, it was kind of the off-season. Things were a bit slower. Yeah, I mean, really the only headline was Aaron Rodgers. Every week it was like, Aaron Rodgers still wants to leave. Aaron Rodgers put a cryptic tweet on Twitter that he still wants to leave. And then one week ago, they were like, never mind, he's staying. And I was like, all this build up for nothing. I love that. And I feel like even during the regular season, that's not much different. But like, today- come on, at least build it up and then have something happen, you know? Exactly. But yeah, we just got some things going on. We've got the season about to start here very soon. Preseason is upon us. And then we will have the regular season of football. It feels like not that, I don't know. Some people might feel like it's been a long time since we've had people or had football, but other people might feel like, you know what? It, It feels like it's flown by. I don't know. I feel like I'm in this stage where I see it both ways. In one hand, it's like, I feel like football was forever ago, but on the other, I'm just like, wow, it's already back. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like last week when I was at work, people were talking about the hall of fame game. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Isn't it like July still? What happened in the summer? Seriously though, it feels like the summer went by in the blink of an eye and I don't even get summers anymore because I graduated. So that's how, you know, it actually went really fast when me, a not student feels that way. Yeah, people were talking about the the Steelers Cowboys game, and I was just like, "Wait, it's the preseason? Didn't camp just start?" And then I was like, "Wait, camp starts right before the preseason." I honestly can't believe it's week one of the preseason this weekend already. Football on, and baseball, and NBA summer league, and the Wyndham all in the same weekend. Honestly, I'm thriving. Kind of wild, but today. We have, I think we got a good episode here today. So what we're planning on doing is doing some early season predictions. We've got six teams lined up. Each of us will talk about three of them and just kind of what we think is going to happen to these teams that we find so interesting this year. So Chelsea, do you want to get us started with your first team that you got for your preseason predictions? Sure. So Wiles, he's like the NFC dude, right? Because he's a Panthers fan. And I'm like the AFC chick because, you know, I'm a Colts fan. So naturally, my first prediction has to be a Colts prediction, you know, as it should be. So for this particular prediction, it's a trade prediction, actually, that'll happen at the trade line, I believe. I think that Colts running back, former starter because they have Jonathan Taylor now Marlon Mack is going to get traded to the Rams at the trade deadline now I think that this is a feasible trade number one because the Rams lost their very good starter Cam Akers to I believe it was an Achilles injury for the entire year which the Rams are a team with Super Bowl aspirations so that hurts You know, coming in with Matt Stafford and feeling good and having that really good defense, feeling really good about your run game and then losing Cam Akers just like that. Like that's a pretty big blow to a team that wants to go really far. So the backup behind Cam Akers is Daryl Henderson, obviously. 
And he is not a bad running back. I mean, he's a good change of pace back. He had over 500 rushing yards last season. So it's not like he can't do well on this team. However, he had those 600 yards. Some of the games Cam Akers was out, but a lot of this season Cam Akers was playing. So he wasn't handling the full workload by himself, right? And because of that, he hasn't been proven to be able to handle a full, a full workload. I think you throw Mac in there, gives him a speed guy, right? Gives him a guy who can catch because, I mean, Henderson isn't really known as a super finesse pass catching back. Like he can do it, but he strikes me as more of a ground and pound guy. So you throw Mac in there as a different kind of back, gives them a nice one-two punch which takes the pressure off of Henderson, which therefore takes the pressure off of Matthew Stafford. So I don't know. Like I said, I think that this team has Super Bowl aspirations, and I think that they go and they pick up a piece that they can slide right into their offense that'll really give them a boost because Matt can pass catch too. And yes, he is coming off of a season-ending injury. He was out all last year, but He's still under 25 years old. He's still been proven to be a three-down full workload back because they used him before they drafted JT. So he has proven himself to be able to handle that workload. He's had over 1,000-yard seasons. So clearly, he can go in there. And the best part about it is that the Colts only signed him to a one-year contract. So the Rams could sign him for the rest of the regular season, for the postseason, and then once they get Akers back, just cut ties and not even have to keep him on because he's only on a one-year deal. Plus, he's not on that heavy of a deal cap-wise, so it wouldn't really hurt their cap either. I think it would be a really good move for not only the Rams, but I also think for the Colts, I think the Colts could get like a third or fourth round pick back for Marlon Mack. And honestly, they don't need him. I mean, they have JT and they have Hines, which carried last year without Marlon Mack being there. So it's not a need. He needs to be with the Colts. But I think he could do big things with the Rams and potentially go ring chasing. Yeah, I think this move makes some sense. Like, I don't think that the Colts or that the Rams would trade like a first round. Oh, no. Round. I think that would the be Colts easy. wouldn't get a first. Yeah, I don't think he, they're going to get a lot out of this as far as like high picks or something like that. But I think they might get a third or fourth for him and Honestly, Marlon Mack's not bad, and I think that he could be a good asset to the Rams. I'm a person that thinks that while while running backs can handle the load, you know, quote-unquote, on their own, I do think overall to their whole career, it can be hurtful. So in this case, you know, this guy Henderson coming in, giving you a, a different change of pace for running back could be really helpful but also do you want to put all your chips into one running back when it comes to that part of your offense and then if it's gone now you suddenly have no you know or you'll have a third string running back which you didn't plan on using who I guess could be good but you don't know right so, yeah I mean but- if Henderson goes down I mean the Rams are really screwed and Henderson you know he's less than 25 too so it's not like he's some old burly veteran out there you know carrying the weight all on his own but I mean, Cam Akers has proven to be very good and to be able to carry everything on his own if he really wanted to. But Sean McVay, I mean, he just doesn't strike me as a guy that wants to put all of the pressure on one player. So I could see him going out and being like, hey, send the Colts a third round pick for this kid. I think he could be really good. Because I mean, if you're Super Bowl chasing, which I believe the Rams are, otherwise, why would they have gone out and gotten Stafford 
right? Yeah. So if you're Super Bowl chasing, you know you only have so much of a window. So giving up a third or a fourth round pick for essentially a rental might be worth it, especially with your number one going down. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, you know, they could if you're not going for a Super Bowl, maybe they're just ticket chasing. Maybe they're just like, you know, we need. Hey, you never know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, well, I appreciate the take, Chelsea. So for my first prediction, um, I'm going to talk about the Cowboys and how I think that they, what they might do. So the way I kind of thought about this is, you know, a lot of people think that in order to be this really great team, you got to have the big names. If some team goes out and signs the big name receivers, then they're going to be the teams that could end up really good and people are going to pick them to finish highly. But in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion, probably not that unpopular of an opinion that offensive line is probably one of the most well it's I would say quarterback might be the most important and offensive line is like right after that because if you don't have a good line even you remember Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year as incredible as he is he was basically neutralized like he played well actually in fact a couple times balls hit his receivers in the face but still, you know, he had to really work and it really just put a hole in their team that they couldn't get out of in that game. So for the Cowboys, they have been known for a while to have a good offensive line. And I found it interesting, Pro Football Focus um, ranked all of these teams that I'm going to talk about here today. And I'll kind of go a little bit off of that. So they have them as the sixth best offensive line going into 2021. Um, Cowboys have had in the past few years a very good offensive line and with Dak coming back after his big injury last year you know they're going to need to step it up so if the Cowboys I think can put a good offensive line around Dak Prescott and that offense can boom the way we did see it at times last year then they could be a very dangerous team I definitely think they need to clean up the defense this year yes definitely you know they were the worst last year historically bad actually oh man yeah max kellerman sure let the world know it was historically Mm -hmm. and not just bad historically so if the cowboys do not want to see a very happy stephen a smith every monday morning (laughs) they're gonna have to put a very good offensive line around dak prescott or at least like decent to good good enough to let dak have some time let his receivers get out and give his running back Ezekiel Elliott room to work. So back when the Cowboys like were with Tony Romo or like not too long ago, even, they had a good offensive line. They had that line that could really be put to get together to play well, but they just kind of lacked in some other areas. Well, now I feel like they have some of those areas in order to be a successful team, at least on offense. And you know, I do believe you have to have at least a decent defense to be good in the NFL, but, you know, you can win nowadays being in a shootout. So, yeah, I mean, we'll look see. at the Super Bowl, the Chiefs won. I mean, their defense was good, but I mean, it wasn't like the Rams or like Washington or anything like it was good enough and it had stars on it, but it had that questionable secondary for pretty much the whole year and they still managed to win. So, I mean, you got a point. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of my take on the Cowboys. I got two more teams coming up, but Chelsea, on to your team now. 
Dude, side note on the Cowboys. Did you see that video from the joint practices between the Cowboys and the Rams of Connor Williams and Aaron Donald going at it? Did you see that? Yeah, I had heard about that. I, I don't think I watched the video, but I definitely heard about it. Right. So let me break it down for you. Right. They're just doing drills. And, you know, it's camp. It's a joint practice. So obviously people aren't going to go all out. Right. Because it's not the regular season. The stakes aren't as high. Like you're going to try, but you're not going to overexert yourself and potentially hurt yourself. Right. So, you know, Connor Williams and Aaron Donald are going at it. And like, Connor Williams is like not looking that bad, you know, like he's holding his ground with Aaron Donald, like he's doing it. I mean, generally clean in regards to like technique and everything. And you could just kind of tell that Aaron Donald is starting to get a little annoyed, right? That he was not dominating like he always does. And I guess something happened at the end of practice where they were just going at it and it escalated. Right. And like they're like shoving each other and pulling each other's face masks or whatever. And I kid you not, Connor Williams like grabs Aaron Donald, right? Which is just a dumb idea by any standard because Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. Like, why would you try to fight Aaron Donald? But, anyways, he grabs him. I kid you not, Aaron Donald picks him up almost off the ground and just throws him to the ground. And I'm just watching that and I'm just like, you know, Connor Williams looks bigger than Aaron Donald, but I guarantee you Aaron Donald is considerably more muscular. He just like threw him on the ground. Like it was nothing. I'm like, this dude's like 330 pounds and you're just casually tossing him to the side. Like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Don't pick a fight with that man. Yeah. Seriously. I don't get it, but, but it was pretty hilarious. All of the uh, Cowboys Instagram accounts were all posting that meme of Connor Williams holding a baby Aaron Donald and saying that Connor Williams was his dad. And I'm just like it, first of all, it was one joint practice. It wasn't a real game. And it was like three snaps, like calm down. Three snaps. Oh, bro. Yeah. I mean, they like went at it for like a practice. It's not like they played an entire game against each other. I'm like, calm down. Like I understand you're excited and you should be, but Aaron Donald is still better. Like, I don't care how good Connor Williams is. Aaron Donald is unquestionably the best player on defense in the NFL. So I don't want to hear it. But then again, if I held Aaron Donald to three snaps and played well against him on three plays, I think I'd flex that forever. <laughs> I mean, I probably would too. So I can't really blame Connor. But at the same time, don't try and fight Aaron Donald. Like, that's just not a smart idea. Yeah, true. But the thing is, me and you are also both nowhere near NFL players, so. I mean, maybe you. I mean, I don't As for me, I mean, I could totally. No, just kidding. Okay. All right. Moving on. Anyways. Okay. So next team I'm going to be discussing is the Steelers, right? So last year, it was notoriously known that the Steelers running game was kind of non-existent for most of the year. You know, James Conner had injury issues and the O-line was just injured and everyone was injured and Ben Roethlisberger was trying to do it all on his own and then they just fell apart at the end of the year, right? They just lost a bunch of games in a row. So I think that their offensive line is still going to be bad this year. And because of that, rookie running back Najee Harris will not go over a 1,000 yards rushing in his first season. Now, side note, 
That does not mean that I think that he will play bad. I just think based on the O-line and its performance that he could perform so much better if the O-line was actually good, right? Najee Harris is obviously going to be a good running back in the league. Like, I don't think anyone is questioning that, at least not seriously. I mean, look at him in college. The dude was dominant and he played against NFL talent. So, I mean, I don't think any reasonable reasonable person is going to go, yeah, that dude is terrible. But, I mean, look at what has happened to the Steelers O-line over the last, like, what, year or two? They lost David DeCastro, right, who was just, like, the man on their line, right? They also lost Marquise Pouncey, their center. So that that's two guys, two, like, perennial starters that started on that line for, like, eight seasons, right? And they lost Alejandro Villaneva. They're all gone. All of those guys are gone. You want to know who the current projected O-line people for the Steelers are? I'll tell you. It's left tackle, Chucks Okafor, left guard, Kevin Dotson, a battle at center between Kedrick or Kendrick Green and BJ Finney, right guard has Trey Turner, and right tackle has Zach Banner. Now, I don't know about you. But when I look at that on paper, I think to myself, (laughs) that does not inspire that much confidence in me. I mean, nobody on the line is currently proven to be a stud, right? They're all still learning. They're meshing. Apparently, they hadn't even practiced together before the, the Hall of Fame game, which is like worrying. I know they're still, you know, five weeks before the season starts, but still. And with Najee Harris being a rookie, it might take them a while to truly get going. Now, again, that doesn't mean that Najee Harris is just going to suck and only have 400 yards this rookie season. Like, he'll still be good, and he'll still be able to go off just because he's super talented, but I don't think the O-line's going to do him many favors. Because <laughs> Zach Banner, he was drafted by the Colts. He did not last two seasons with the Colts because he was very, very bad. So as someone who knows a little bit about Zach Banner, seeing him potentially starting does not inspire a whole lot of confidence in me. Now you look at Trey Turner and you go, oh, like, okay, that's like reasonable enough, right? And then BJ Finney, didn't he play for the Packers for a little bit, I believe? So, I mean, really outside of those two guys, I don't really feel overly confident about anyone. So I think the O-line is still going to be a struggle this year for the Steelers. I think the Steelers will still be able to be good with a mediocre O-line, but I think that they won't go anywhere near where they could be with a line that was actually dominant if they had it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, last year, their whole offense was really rough. It was like moving the ball just, I don't know, man. Like their, their run game wasn't very good. Their passing game was okay. Their defense was stellar. But, and that's how they were even able to make the playoffs, to be honest. And they were good enough on offense to get, you know, get the ball going and get it in the end zone. But I think what's interesting, you bring up like some good points about just like this very new offensive line. And it makes sense to kind of believe that they may not do well. They could do well. That is the thing. Oh, they absolutely could. But But. (laughs) it's, yes, you are right. According to judging by history, it's not looking too great for them. And, you know, that some people will be like, are you being harsh? Are you being... No, that's just honest. Like, you have to look and look at how players' histories have been. 
and let's see, okay, like how this is going to go. Like I, I did see Trey Turner. I'm like, he's not bad. And apparently he's taken uh, one of the other offensive line kind of under his wing is according to Mike Tomlin. So he's trying to be a mentor towards the younger guys, which could be a huge thing. So we'll see how that turns out. But I definitely don't blame you for kind of thinking that way, Chelsea. I, I think a, a lot of other people might feel the same, to be honest. I mean, you look at the Steelers roster, right? Ben Roethlisberger is good enough as of now to lead this team to the playoffs, right? Make a deep playoff run. It's not going to last much longer if you ask me. But as of now, he's good enough, right? He had a resurgent season after he was injured. Like, he's fine. You know, their receivers are fine, right? The tight end, fine. Running back now, fine. Defense, really good. So it's not like they don't have a good team. But if you can't get any blocking for Ben Roethlisberger and you can't get any blocking for Najee Harris, you're going to really struggle to move offense down the field, no matter how good your position players are. Because if they can't get anywhere, then you can't do anything. So it'll be interesting to see if that line can pull it together and be as good as Steelers fans hope that it can be. But as someone who's not a Steelers fan, looking at that doesn't inspire too much confidence in me. But I suppose time will tell. Yeah, I guess we'll just have to see, you know, what or where do the Steelers go? Are they going to go up? Are they going to go down or are they just kind of going to stay the same? I guess. And they're in a hard division this year. I mean, you got the Browns, you have the Ravens and not that the Bengals are really a threat to anyone, but you have Joe Burrow who can go off on offense. So you at least know last year. Right, so you at least know, and they have Jamar Chase now, so you at least know that the Bengals might be able to ride along with you on offense to some degree, depending on who they're playing. Because I think Joe Burrow is going to have a resurgent season and be really good this year. So, I mean, they're not playing in an easy division. Honestly, I don't even know if they'll get out of the division with the Ravens and the Browns. I think that if I was going to pick them to get over one of those teams I'd pick them over the Ravens because I think the Browns are definitely going to make the playoffs they have a stacked roster but it's going to be a tough division for the Steelers the Steelers you know they're they're the steel curtain right they are historically known for having crazy good offensive and defensive lines so it might be a bit of a culture shock to hardcore Steelers fans when they perhaps see the O-line just looking real bad (laughs) yeah i guess we'll see you know what happens but you're right but i i will say mike tomlin's a good coach and he really misses the playoffs so let's we we, you can't count them out either you know for sure not counting them out i'm just saying you look at the rosters on paper especially if you you know rosters on paper compared to the other teams in the nfc north line up pretty good i mean like i said most of their team is good but you put that Browns offensive line against that Steelers offensive line 10 times out of 10, I guarantee you, I know who I'm picking and it's not the Steelers. All right. I guess we'll see as the season goes, but for the next team we got, I'm going to talk about the Panthers. So there's a lot of very big unknowns on this whole team, to be honest, except for running back. (laughs) That's true. But I think what's, so there's just so many things. So first of all, let's just get this out of the way because I want to talk about it with all my teams. Um, their offense, uh, offensive line on Pro Football Focus was ranked 30th. Yikes. Um, 
there's a lot of new faces coming in and they haven't looked good in the past and to be honest they haven't I mean I think they're probably they've put I think they've put some new pieces in place but it's not like they've gone out and signed maybe big free agents when it comes to the offensive line they've really focused a lot on their defense I think the defense could be pretty good but the offensive line right now is not looking that great and how is that going to impact Sam Darnold? I guess we're going to see, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sam Darnold is really going to be like a wild card. For those of you who may not know kind of my thoughts on this, I think Sam Darnold is interesting because, well, I've had a lot of discussion about this with my dad and with other people. And I just think what's interesting is Matt Rule you know, I don't want to sit here and say he's a bad coach yet or anything because I don't think he's proven to be a bad coach yet. I think you have to give him a couple more years. It's very hard to say someone's a bad coach after one year of coming into a program that right. is already rebuilding. So I don't think he's a bad coach yet. If he and Your keyword is yet, yet, though. Yeah, I, <laughs> yet I is your keyword. I don't think he's a bad coach yet, and I don't think he's a good coach yet. He's proven to do some things that he's not afraid to take risks. And I think this is a risk. I mean, obviously taking any quarterback to some extent is a risk, but especially Sam Darnold, where there were times last year where, I mean, remember the seat I was seeing ghosts game? Uh That was rough. But there's a lot of also really hard supporters of Sam Darnold. So whether you like him or not, you have to look and wonder, okay, well, what is it exactly that a lot of these people like about Sam Darnold? Why is it that Matt Rule said he sat down watched film and trusted that this guy can be good you know because a lot of us would say i've watched it he didn't look good but they as nfl professional coaches sat down watched film and said this guy can play so i have no idea what's gonna happen so i think that's what makes it fascinatingly interesting i think the panthers will be interesting to follow and they could be really bad. I don't know. But they could be also decent to pretty good. I think their offensive line, this has been a problem, what I feel like for years now, is the offensive line. And no matter how good Sam Darnold may throw the ball, if they don't have a very good offensive line this year, it may be rough. I don't know if they'll be 30th bad, like pro football focus is ranking, ranking them. I don't know. But I think what you have to take – in consideration with all this is if Sam Darnold plays bad this year, but is also getting sacked consistently over and over, you know, are they gonna, are fans going to look at and be like, well, Sam Darnold's just bad. Or was he trying to run for his life the whole time? This, it's going to be really interesting. And I think that's going to be the key to the team. I think the defense will be fine. They've made improvements on defense, or at least what I think are improvements. And they've done a lot of other stuff around they've addressed a lot of different things i know they lost curtis samuel but i still think they'll be okay with that you know dj Moore's a very solid receiver christian mccaffrey will be back and they've just got they've got i believe the means to make a solid offense except for the line is the most concerning part so i think my predictions there are if their line and quarterback play is good they'll be a pretty good to like good team decent to pretty good team if those two are not good they could be really bad like by decent do you mean like eight and eight 
or I guess eight and nine now that there's 17 games. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Now there is 17. No more 500 seasons anymore. You're either no, because because even numbers, that's just too easy. And then again, you can't. Well, I guess still five tie. is an odd number, but it was still nice and rounded. You know what I mean? You could tie and make it eight and eight and one, but I would laugh. Um, I don't know. I think yeah, they could be anywhere from that five middle of the road 500 team. Which is a step up. Like when you're rebuilding, if they honestly got to like at least 500, that's not bad considering where they've been in the past couple of years. That's a significant step up. And then you can continue to make more progress the next year. But I, so that's what I consider decent. I mean, I think that's fair to say when you're 500, you're decent. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. So. No, I mean, I think that the Panthers definitely have potential, right? Because, I mean, you have arguably the best running back in the league. I mean, it's a pretty tight race between him and Derrick Henry. But you could say 1A and 1B, right, for the best running backs in the game. Christian McCaffrey, you know, had his 1,000-yard receiving and his 1,000-yard rushing all in one season. So, obviously, he is a huge security blanket for Sam Darnold. You know, going from having, like, guys that don't really put up much production in New York to having arguably the best running back in the league. That's definitely a huge, you know, a huge cushion for him. I mean, he has some decent receivers. I know that Terrence Marshall, the guy that you guys drafted out of LSU, apparently looks really good and could potentially be a strong wide receiver too, if not potentially eventually a wide receiver one, if he's better than DJ Moore. So you guys got him, right? You still have a few questions at tight end, and obviously, you know, your O-line is sus. <laughs> but as for defense, I mean, you guys have a really good D-line. You, you know, your linebackers, they're all right. I mean, they're not anything stellar, but, you know, they'll do for now. And then your secondary was very bad last year, but you guys did draft help to help fix that. So, I mean, it's not like you guys haven't been trying to fix it up. But like you're saying, I mean, the big thing, it's going to lie on Sam Darnold and it's going to lie on the O-line. Like you look at Sam Darnold's historical career stats, they're not good. That's just how it is. But if he has a good O-line in front of him and he has good skill players that go out and help him, he has potential. He's young. He's shown that he can be good. He just hasn't proven it yet. So until he proves it, he's a big question mark. But that O-line is going to be super significant. I mean, if he is running for his life every single play and no one can do anything, like, yes, to some degree, it's his fault, but definitely not all of it. I mean, if you can't stand back in the pocket for more than two seconds, no one's going to get open anyways. So, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, if Sam Darnold ends up being good and the O-line ends up being at least mediocre, I could see the Panthers being potentially a 500 team. But if Sam Darnold proves that he is just not good and the O-line sucks, I could see you guys being really bad this upcoming year, which, you know, has its perks, get a high draft pick. So it is what it is. But it'll be interesting to see. I, for one, am excited to see Sam Darnold because game one, Panthers play the Jets, right? Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, who has looked terrible in Jets camp, by the way. Apparently, he just looks bad. And on top of that, he took extra time to negotiate his rookie contract because he didn't think that they were giving him enough money. So I'll just leave that at that. That will either be an entertaining game or there will be 17 turnovers. There's just really no telling. 
All right, yeah. I, I do think that first game will be interesting, and it'll be a big telling. Or it won't be a huge telling. You can never really tell how teams are going to be by the first two games. So we'll see what where, where it all goes. But, Chelsea, what's our next team you got for us? Right, so I got the Titans, right? Our biggest rival in the AFC South, right, the Colts. So they have A.J. Brown, and they had Corey Davis. Corey Davis is gone. Right, so they have AJ Brown, who is unarguably their wide receiver one. I mean, the dude had close to 1,100 yards last season and 11 touchdowns. He was crazy good, and I will be the first to admit I did not think he was going to be that good when he first came into the league, and he has proved me wrong. That dude is legit. But so you know, the Titans—they have a hole at wide receiver too. What do they do? Oh, let's just go get Julio Jones, right? which honestly was insulting to me as a Colts fan, first of all, because how could you think that you're better than us? Rude. But I still think that A.J. Brown is going to be the best wideout on the Titans this year, even though they went out and added obvious future Hall of Famer Julio Jones. Reasons being, Julio is a little bit older now, right? He's 32. Not that you can't be older and be good, Lots of players have proven us wrong. Look at Tom Brady. Everyone thought he was going to retire like five years ago, and somehow he's still here, which is just, again, very annoying to me as a Colts fan. But anyways, in 2020, Julio Jones only had 771 receiving yards, the second lowest in his career. He had 1,400 his previous season. Now, I know that last season was abbreviated by injuries, right? He had a pretty nagging hamstring injury for pretty much the whole year that kept him out of a lot of games even saying that he still had 771 yards with a nagging hamstring injury so the dude is obviously still good he only had three touchdowns last year so his touchdown production has you know kind of slowly declined and he only played nine games right but aj brown is just so good Like I said, I mean, he had close to 1,100 yards last year. I think that bringing Julio in will be a nice one-two punch. They're like kind of the same body type, like kind of the same archetype of receiver. But I believe they still have Adam Humphreys on the Titans, which is like their smaller speed guy. So their O-line or their wide receivers, they're still going to be fine, obviously. But I think that Julio will be good that he will make an impact, and that the Titans will be better because he's on the team. But I do not think he'll be the dominant Julio that we've gotten used to over the last decade. The 1,500-yard season, 14-touchdown Julio. Like, I think he's just past that part of his career. I could still see him going over 800 yards and having, like, you know, six to eight touchdowns, which is, you know, better than most receivers in the league. So not to insult Julio Jones. But A.J. Brown has just proven to be really good and honestly really underrated a lot of people don't talk about him so I still think that he'll be the best but dang handling Julio and AJ and Derrick Henry all at the same time that is going to be a task but they did lose um Johnny Smith in free agency so they kind of have a hole at tight end now but we'll see but like I said you know Julio is still really good but AJ Brown he's just He's really, really good. And I think that, you know, if Ryan Tannehill continues being the above average quarterback, he's proven himself to be that the Titans are going to be potent on offense this year. And it is going to be scary. Number one for the whole league and number two for me, because we have to play them twice. So it's like, yikes. 
Yeah, the Titans are an interesting team, you know, because now they have, you know, they have the speed guy, but they also, and well, honestly, Julio, AJ Brown, all, they're pretty fast in general, but yeah. you've got now two receivers that have pretty similar like archetypes. I would say AJ Brown at least has like the appearance of being bigger. Like, Julio like they're Jones both tall, too. but I mean, tall, uh, yeah. big receivers that can catch out, you know, can poster catch over somebody posterize someone on a catch and so I think it's it'll be interesting you know is Ryan Tannehill going to be able to gel with Julio you know and I do wonder you know what happened with him Julio only having three touchdowns last year I know there was partly injury but um I'm just curious to know because I know that touchdown production it can sometimes just not be your fault too you know they also had Calvin Ridley so it was very good and I don't know you never know what happened on each throw I haven't dissected every single Atlanta red zone play so (laughs) but I think it's going to be interesting to see you know Ryan Tannehill with his you know two big receivers now he's got two guys that can just go down and get it and if you're an offensive coach man if you are the offensive coordinator I feel like you're just like salivating at the ideas of what you can do with these two like this is going to be crazy you know some of the things now you can draw up and do you can send two guys deep and just be like all right Tannehill pick one to throw it up to obviously you don't want to do that all the time Um, but you know I think I feel like the the Titans I think this is a good move for them and they're going for a win now and I respect it because your win now windows aren't normally open for that long so I think this is a good time for them to go for it. I agree. But yeah, so next for the last team that we're going to talk about for this section, I wanted to talk about the Rams, um, kind of going back to the same theme. They, on Pro Football Focus, were ranked as the eighth best offensive line going into this year. They had a very good offensive line last year. And they really protected Jared Goff through a lot of the year. So is that going to happen with Matt Stafford? Let's take a look at what happened in Detroit. Detroit, he was not well protected. He didn't have a good team all around him in general, but his offensive line was also pretty bad. In fact, I remember specifically the Panthers shut out the Lions. The Panthers defense was not that good last year. But yep. If you watch that game, Brian Burns almost walked into a sack on Matt Stafford. Like, not to say he didn't have a great game, but man, there were just times where he just ran. Like, you know, there are people there are times where I'm exaggerating about like, oh, he just walked it. But like, I don't, I'm almost not exaggerating at this point. He basically jogged and got a sack in that game. And so if that's not a telling of, you know, how the Lions offensive line was throughout the year, I don't know what else is, but the Lions. It was a struggle last year, and that's probably goes for them every year. So sorry, Lions fans. But overall, I think Matt Stafford could be a lot better in the system now. Now he's going to have a line that can protect him. He's going to have some pretty good players all around him. He's on a fresh new team. Sometimes in life, you just need a restart. And is this going to be Matt Stafford's big restart that he's needed? I think a lot of that will, you know, bank on him being a good quarterback behind a good offensive line. 
And, you know, some might wonder, Chris, you've hammered this offensive line point in so much. Don't you think we get it? I'm trying to help people understand, like, I feel like if you have a good offensive line and your quarterback isn't playing well, yes, it can be because the receivers just aren't getting open. But at that point, then you just don't have a very good quarterback. You've given, you've given him the time to be able to dissect the defense. And if he's not playing well throughout the year and he's behind a very good offensive line, then he's just not playing well that year. There's really not much else to blame. But, I mean, look at the Colts, yeah. right? Last year, they had Phillip Rivers. Colts have arguably a top three offensive line. Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers was mediocre, right? Not to crap on Phillip Rivers. He had a really good career, right? And apparently, mm-hmm. he's still open to coming back, by the way, which just just stay retired, dude. Just, just retire. But the Colts had a really good line last year, statistically speaking. And... Philip Rivers did not have a really good season. So I agree with your point being, well, you know, a good offensive line can kind of be indicative of how talented a quarterback really is. And I think that's going to become apparent in LA with the Rams this year. Yeah. And I think that Matt Stafford is a good quarterback. And at times I he's agree. Been great. Like I mean, look what time- he did with the Lions. <laughs> he was on the Lions who suck. Sorry, Lions fans, but he was still good above average for most Mm -hmm. of his career with the lions. I mean, he, and he's very, he's very talented in his arm and at times he's proven to be clutch. So I think we're just going to see what happens, you know, also Detroit, let's face it. Sometimes just the, the luck of the draw just hasn't gone their way a lot of times. And so maybe it'll be a little bit different for Matt in LA, you know, he's got a new coach, new defense, new everything. So he could be a changed man after this year, you know? (laughs) We just got to take a moment to acknowledge that Stafford leaves, right? And then the Lions draft Sewell. It's like you couldn't have done that like eight years ago. You couldn't have drafted some really, really good offensive lineman who no one thought was going to be a bust like Sewell eight years ago when Stafford was actually there. Stafford's probably looking at that going, seriously? This is all I've wanted for my whole career with you guys. And the one year I leave, you go out and probably take a perennial pro bowler. Obviously, he's unproven because he hasn't played in the NFL yet. But I don't think there are many people questioning that Sewell is going to be really good. So I personally just find that to be hilariously ironic because he just dealt with O-line issues for his whole career there. Well, there you go. But that pretty much wraps up that section. So, Chelsea, we've got our hot take of the week. So what do we got for this part to wrap us up for the episode? Yeah, so shout out to Conlon for sending me this one this week. Uh, It's a pretty quick one. It is Austin Eckler is not a top 10 running back. Well, there you go. His justification. Austin Eckler has never had a season where he has had over 600 rushing yards in his entire career. While he is known to be a really good receiving back, The true metric of a running back is what he gets on the ground. And honestly, what he's gotten on the ground has just kind of been average, right? It hasn't been superior. It hasn't been game changing. Like it's had an impact, but it hasn't been like some of the best backs in the league. And 
Obviously, I asked him to list who his top 10 running backs are to see if I could somehow see how Austin Eckler could fit in there, right? So Conlon sent me his list. Derrick Henry and CMC, honestly, more than not as much 1-2, more as 1A and 1B just because they're both so good. Nick Chubb with the Browns. Dalvin Cook with the Vikings. Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. Kamara Barkley, who's coming back off of injury, so that'll be interesting. Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, very interesting as well, and Aaron Jones. He believes that all of these guys are better than Austin Eckler, and honestly, I don't really see a single guy on this list that I could remove and slot Eckler in. So, I mean, what do you think, Chris? I mean, I can see his point. Austin Eckler is a very, is a very good running back. I don't know if he's quite top 10 yet, to be honest, especially for these guys. Um because you do have some really good running backs here, but also running back, top 10 running back feels like it changes so often. You know, three years later, this list is probably going to be incredibly different. So I don't know. I mean, will Austin Eckler be a consistent and good to good running back? I think will be the more important question, but yeah. Right. As far as him being a top 10 running back, I can see it. I, I'm not quite sold on it either yet. I'd have to do a little bit more research now before I can, you know, before I put my final decision that he is not a top 10 running back. But, you know, I, I can see it as of now based off of what I know of Austin Eckler and what I've seen. He's been proven to be very good at times and he's a good running back. If he's on your team, you're doing all right. Like you're doing well. But, and if he was even your main starter, he's a good starter to have. But I am not 100% on that he's not top 10, but I definitely can see it, especially compared to some of these guys. What do you think, Chelsea? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the guys on this, on this list are prototypical running backs, right? You know, primarily they run, you know, they don't catch a lot. I mean, look at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry can catch screens, but honestly, how many screens does he really catch a year? Let's be honest. But at the same time, you do have some diversified guys on here. I mean, look at CMC, right? Dalvin Cook as well. He can catch. I mean, Kareem Hunt, that's essentially what he does is the screen game, right? Even Jonathan Taylor can go out and take a screen. And you got Alvin Kamara, who honestly can do anything you want and more. So I think that all of the guys on here, if you were going to switch someone out, you'd have to find a really specific, detail-oriented argument to be able to fit Eckler in this top 10. Now, like you're saying, Eckler has proven himself to be a good starter in the league. No one is calling Eckler bad. You know, Eckler is diversified. He can catch, he can run, he can screen. I'm pretty sure he can also block as well. So it's not like he's a bad running back. It's just these guys are so good <laughs> and so dominant and can just go off in games and honestly carry a team on their shoulders. I'm personally not sure if Austin Eckler could do that, but he has had super explosive games where he has just gone off and gotten like 35 points in fantasy. So it's not like he can't do it. But I would say that I would agree with this one, specifically if you're talking about rushing yards alone without receiving yards, I would agree. But I do think that Eckler is still a good running back in the league, generally speaking. And I feel like nowadays, you know, I don't know what other people think of this, but running backs, while they are, you know, what they get on the ground is very important. And, 
yeah, it is part of their position. You know, are we at a point now where the running back position has just evolved into something so yep. different where maybe maybe it's not as great to not be just on the ground? Now, no one would sit there and say Derrick Henry should not be, you know, considered to be as great as he is. And last year, he probably was the best running back. But I think that, I don't know, it's just kind of this idea that I have now or this thought now. It's like the running back position is just so much different than it used to be considered to be. Now, it's like if you can't pass catch as a running back, that's I don't think it's yet considered a liability, but it's like, you gotta be really good at just running the ball up the middle. Otherwise you're almost a fullback to a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at most of the guys on this list, they can pass catch, except with maybe the exemption of Henry. But if Henry really had to, he could. No one's saying he can't do it. It's just not what he's known for. So I would agree with you. I mean, I think that the running back position is definitely evolving just like the quarterback position is. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson. I guarantee you we are going to see more quarterback prototypes with the same archetype as Lamar Jackson the next 10 years, probably more so than guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees, who are primarily pocket passers. So, I mean, the game is obviously changing. That's just how it happens. I mean, look at some of the older running backs that have played, right? How many (laughs) Jerome Bettises do we see nowadays? There is only one bus, right? And that prototype of running back just isn't that prevalent anymore. I mean, shout out to Derrick Henry for, you know, carrying on the legacy of just bulldozing people like the bus did. But there aren't that many running backs that are like Henry. So it's obviously changing. But I still think as of now, he wouldn't crack the top 10, referring to Eckler. But I still think that he is good and better than a lot of running backs in the league, honestly. Mm-hmm. he might be at that like 11 or 12 he might be just out of the top 10 barely maybe uh, like I said I'd, I'd have to do more research on it to really form it but because I didn't know about yeah. this until today so or until I'd say he's ago. probably somewhere in the 20s but I mean even if he's in the 20s he's still better than most running backs in the league so I mean <laughs> there you go well Chelsea, do we have anything else to talk about or? No, I know. I think that's it. All right. You want to close us out then? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. Tune back in next Wednesday for more content. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at underscore LC football underscore Instagram at launch codes football and on Facebook at launch codes football. And if you want to watch us do this podcast, follow us on YouTube at launch codes football it's like we meant to name all the social medias the same on purpose but seriously right right? i'm chelsea and i'm chris and we'll see you next week bye peace